This episode of Let's Think On It comes from an excerpt from O Brother Radio with Will Lockamy, Reed Lockamy, and Dr. Mark Westfall. Now, I'm going to talk about the yips and the twisties and what's happened here with Simone Biles uh, as far as from a psychiatrist standpoint. And and maybe you can, again, I know we've, have we talked about this with Reed on the air? We, no. No. Okay. We no, talked we've about talked off to, the air. Yeah, quite a bit off the air, but yeah. never once on the air. Nope. It's nope. weird that y'all let me come to your sessions, by right. the way. But but whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's all just off the air here. Uh, yeah. So. It, it, well, you know, and even trying to come up with a name of what to call this topic. I mean, because it's hard to, you know, I called it like um, anxiety and its effect on performance, but it's not really that simple. I mean, it was hard to come up with kind of what is the name to what we're talking about? How is what Reed talks about? And honestly, I had never heard of the word yips until Reed right. uttered it. Um, it's been a year ago. Yeah, yeah. sometimes. Well, because uh, there was a player in the uh, World Series around the same time, and Tyler it wasn't Massey. just, yeah, right. Yep. Um, and I, and yeah. after you said that, I, he came up shortly after that, and because right. I follow the Braves, I love the Braves. And yeah, one of the pitchers for the Braves had left baseball with the quote unquote the yips, and spent years away, and then worked his way back up and was pitching uh, relief for right. the Braves in the in the when World Series, but, but the the series right before that, right, the and divisional series, divisional series. and um, yeah, so that's mm. the first I'd heard of it. So then when this and we talked about coming on, but I felt like yeah, I'm not quite sure. I'm really know what to say about that. Um, it's not something we study in psychiatry school, honestly. Right. Um, and then the almost Simone, more of a like psychology kind of could be thing, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I think well, there's definitely sports psychologists. A lot of sports psychologists would deal with that. Deal with it. That's right. Right. And then the Simone Biles uh, issue came up, and I said, okay, I've got to at least share what I do know. Now, again, I'm not an expert on the yips. I just let's go ahead and start with that. Okay. Or whatever Simone Biles is dealing with, I'm not an expert on that. You're but, not her doctor. You've not treated her, and yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, exactly. That was the next step. Not I've only, only hung out a dozen times. Or something. Uh, yeah, she she called me the other day. I told her, "Come on, it's okay, Simone. We're gonna get you but to do this." I will say this real quickly: as someone who, for the last four or five years, has been dealing with the yips in both my golf and tennis game, um, when I when the thing with Simone Biles first broke, before the articles using the term twisties started showing up. Yep. I definitely found myself thinking, "Oh, I wonder if this is like it's, what I've been experiencing." Yeah, I, I, she, you were the yeah, you were the first person I thought of yeah. when this happened. I said, "That's this is analogous to what Reed told me." Right. So, why if you don't, do you mind sharing what you be happy to? Let's just talk about what you mean when you say "yips" and and share with me what you shared. Share yep. with the audience what you share with me. Okay, so uh, long story short, so you know I've been a golfer for decades, um, and it's a well known kind of affliction that uh, you know uh, affects golfers. Um, and you, you may have seen uh, professional golfers using these very long putters that you know recently they had to change the rules about that. But you know, mostly when you see golfers having to do weird things with the putter, that's because they have dealt with some form of the yips, right? Um, I experienced this probably twenty years ago, but although at the time. I don't know that I knew that it was the ups, but if I found myself faced with like a two foot putt, I would just be like, well, it's not possible to make that putt. And of course, a two foot putt should be an easy putt to make. Um, it was so bad that at the time, I remember even if I was watching professional golfers on television and one of them was facing a two foot putt, I would feel nervous and I'd be like, how could he make that? That's impossible. Then it sort of went away. And that was that. 
five, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, I was playing with my friend Jack Letson um, out at Eagle Point when that used to be a golf course. And all of a sudden, during a round, um, without feeling anxious, you know, I didn't, there was no noticeable, like I'm nervous about making putts or anything. Um, all of a sudden, I felt what was distinctly, the minute it happened, I was like, oh, dang, that's the yips. Um, a guy I was playing tennis with a few weeks back said he had once heard it referred to as point of contact anxiety. Right. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's a good name for yeah, it. It's a good name for it. Because when I'm when I'm putting, right, um, if I try to use my normal putting stroke and my normal putting grip at the point of contact. Oh, I forgot. Also croquet. It affects me in that game as well. Really? At the point of contact, there is a very noticeable nervous twitch that occurs. And it destroys your confidence completely because the the nervous twitch sends the ball, and of course in golf and putting and and oh, this is directory croquet, yeah. it's precision sports. Any minor you know uh, sort of problem there uh, really is you know manifests large. Anyway, um, so sure as shooting for five or six years now, I've had to you know manufacture all kinds of weird putting strokes, and most disturbingly, um, right at the beginning of the pandemic, I found myself in a tennis match, and um, you know I'm a decent tennis player. I'm you, a pretty you, you, you coach tennis, yeah, and Ryan I'm a, went to the national championships. Whatever, yeah, he's, playing, he's underselling. Yes, it. Yeah, playing good, am, playing am, So I'm a 4.0 USTA tennis player, which is a pretty decent level tennis <laughs> player. Okay. I can't um, play with him. I had to hire a coach just to go out and practice with him. So <laughs> I had to hire a coach to be able to practice with him. Long story short, uh, right before the pandemic started, I found myself on a tennis court. I'll just condense the story. I found myself on a tennis court with one of my own tennis players. And I said, hey, I'm having some weird stuff in my tennis game. Will you hit just small ball with me? And he fed me a ball from just the back of the service box. We were standing, you know, no more than 25 feet away from each other. And, um, and I missed the ball. Just missed it. Went to swing to hit the ball. You know, in my tennis game, I might miss hit a ball a little bit. You never whiff, But you don't miss the tennis ball. And that's what happened to me. And that's how bad, like, the I just just would feel, like, this severe anxiety of, oh, my gosh, like, what am I supposed to be doing with my hand? And how am I, is, like, this is the way I'm supposed to be holding the racket? And, of course, I've been playing tennis for decades. So, anyway, it's the weirdest thing. Uh, When it happens, you know, it's almost like that old thing about, like, how do you define, you know, pornography or obscenity? Like, you 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 just know it when you see it. And this is the what I have found to be the case uh, with the yips, is it is like, oh, my gosh, that's a real thing. So... I'm not making light of what I'm about to say because this is my first thought. So they just put, uh, and I'm so happy about this, even though I've never really played except one time before, but they put a disc golf course behind my house. It Ooh. attaches to my property. Yes. I like this golf. So like, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So the kids and I, whatever, we can all just walk around and play, and it's it's a ton of fun. And so uh, Danielle, my girlfriend, she is very athletic, way more athletic than I am. Like out, you know, runs me and the big runs we do and all that. Turns out maybe she hasn't thrown a frisbee growing up, which whatever. <laughs> yeah, if sure. you haven't thrown one, so uh, so she was having some issues, just like. But then of course got better. And then before the next round we played, I was like, all right, well look, I don't think I could teach you how to throw a frisbee because I just know how to do it. Like I don't know the things to say. Automatic. So let's watch these videos for you and whatever. And we go out. And uh, and so she does way better. First hole, there you go. Like, and on my second throw, mm. I then am thinking, and I'm I'm thinking about, <laughs> thinking about her about. throw mm-hmm. and like the mm-hmm. whatever. And dude, I throw it fifty feet to my right over this fence into someone's pool, and 
it was the and I was like, what just happened to me? Like it's supposed to go this way. It goes completely almost behind me. And I was like, we're done for today, guys. Like you have fun if you want to keep playing. Of course, I use like the bugs as an excuse. But honestly, I was like, uh oh, am I going to be able to throw? Did I just overthink this? I'm sure I haven't tried to throw again, and I'm sure it'll be fine. But that really went through my well, head. You haven't of like, thrown since then? Oh no, 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 Ooh. no! Well, it and, messed with oh, me. It messed with me a we bunch. And can't you know, wait to go and watch you throw your next frisbee. Well, you're welcome to go play, man. I think, yeah. yeah, let's do it. Come we hang. Should, we should do a round. I'd It'd love be to see how this I'm goes. intrigued by that too because I will tell you this: since I've been dealing with the ups in both my tennis and my golf game, um, I also sometimes will wake up at two thirty in the morning. And lie there and think about like, wait, how do you hit a tennis ball? How do you putt? Yeah, like, am yeah. I, how? So <laughs> it bothered me that my so, first thought was read. I was like, so oh no. I, I did some, you know, I did some reading online, and I actually called my uh, one of my other good friends. I went to college and med school with. He's a researcher at Vanderbilt on uh, movement disorders. Yeah, because one of the things I found online is there's something called uh, repetitive task uh, dystonia. And, and we can get into that or okay. we can not get into that. But that's not really what is going on. He, 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 he explained that to me, that okay. sometimes people like uh, a violinist uh, who, who does um, the same action over and over again or a, or a surgeon, somebody who does a repetitive exact same thing over and over and over again will then um, get a dystonia um, where they, they think it may be kind of like is possibly a, a, an overrepresentation of the motor neurons yeah. or the muscle groups, and they suddenly can't do the activity that they've done many times. But in this scenario, it is it it leaves them with kind of a permanent um, motor movement problem. Interesting. And what with the yips, it tends to be something that many with work and especially some of the psychological coaching you can get back in control of so he said if it's a dystonia you don't usually get it back it's almost like it's a permanent change to your neuromuscular track which i have got my tennis game but like now i can play it still shows up occasionally my Mm -hmm. yips just a little bit and especially like i was playing against a really good player last month and that's when it showed up again because i found myself thinking like oh and i think you just hit the word when i was talking with my friend michael cooper the researcher on the phone Thinking, yeah, is exactly Can't do what that. I think. I think the uh, the issue is. So I think we're up on a break. Yeah. Back to the yips for a second. Um, you mentioned thinking. I think, and my buddy, the neurologist, were kind of walking through this from a biological standpoint. What's happening? We're talking about movements that have become automatic. I right. mean, you're talking about professional athletes who have done something thousands of times. You swung a golf club thousands of times. It's right. automatic. You actually don't think about it. The less you think on the golf course, the better. In, mo- in any right. repetitive action sport, you really don't think. It's, right. it's reaction. And I, when I can remember uh, uh, in high school football, I had a coach. He said, don't think, react. He's can't, actually true. It is true, but it's, it's you true. can't make somebody do that. You have, they have to be trained to right. do that over and time. So we use, I mean, the, the methods of teaching and yeah. what I think a, a, a psychologist would do would be to, if your thinking is now getting in the way of this automatic task, an analogy I had that came to me today was we've all, I'm sure, had a time when, when we, we have a password, like, like at work, I go in the yes. same password every day, every day same password. If I get out of sync or if someone walks up in the middle of the day and says, what's your password? I'm like, deer in the headlights. I have no idea. Right. Well, you use it every day. I'm like, 
Yeah, but I'm not in this sequence. Yeah. I don't use it in I'm out of sequence. And you're just psych dude one two eight. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Just so it, it's it is getting out of that sequence. Yeah. And when you start thinking about what you're doing, you've lost the automatic pathway. Yep. And so what the sports psychologist will do is first of all, they'll help you understand that, you know, y- you can do this. The reason you're having trouble doing this is because you got so good at it, you quit thinking. Yeah. And now you're trying to think about it, and you shouldn't think. And they'll work also through – it's a self-confidence thing as well. Mm-hmm. Because once it happens, there's this – and they would work to find out what is, what's actually literally going through your mind. And it may be different than someone else with the yips, but what specifically are you anxious about, yeah. that point of contact anxiety you mentioned – and they would break down your thinking as to exactly what's on your mind right before it happens. And then they would put you through some cognitive behavioral work where you're identifying what you're thinking and then changing what you're thinking, which takes, again, kind of a rote memorization. So you essentially replace your habit with a different habit yeah. because the old habit now has a glitch in it. So we got to come up with a new habit, which is why the long uh, golf clubs work. It's changing completely right. the your grip uh-huh. and the way you swing. And it's like, okay, just switch it up completely so you form a new, healthier habit with yeah. something different. That's interesting to think about because, you know, that's what I've had to do is I've had to go left-hand low with my putter. Um, with croquet, when I play backyard croquet, I have to just swing with one hand, which works fine. I, like, you know, beat all my students regularly doing that. You shouldn't beat your students. <laughs> well, which they take <laughs> just... as an insult. They think I'm playing one-handed as an insult to show them that I can beat them with one hand behind my back. But it's because I have to play that one way. One of your yeah. former students in the suit, did he beat you? I don't know. Andrew, the Elderman, just... I'm not sure we ever played croquet, did we? He just... Oh, he, yes. He says, yeah. yes, Reed beat oh, yeah. him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So right. there you go. There you go. Um, so, yeah. So, so Simone so, Biles. So then, so she's got this, I mean, I think the twisties are the same thing. Right. Okay. An amazing amount of twisting, contorting. It's amazing what they yeah. do physically. So aware of where their body is in space. And her in particular. And her in particular. Yeah. They're so, quote, unquote, aware of their body in space. They're not really consciously aware of where their body is in space. It had become automatic. And something happened. I don't know what, because I haven't talked to and Simone in a while. And she doesn't know what I bet. Mm, she may or may not. But it happened before the Olympics, actually. Well, she, she was having about trouble. The pressure, yeah. yeah. And I, here's one thought I have. If I was talking to her, I would wonder if part of it is the environment. What is different about these Olympics than any Olympics before? There's no, no screaming crowd. Yeah. There's no crowd. That's right. And so the routine, the pattern has changed. Yeah. And something got somehow she started thinking about what she's doing, and you can't think your way through a two and a half somersault going however fast they're going. I mean, you don't think through that, and you can't really think about it before you. That's the other thing. You don't have time. A lot of it is, but also like before you even step onto the floor to do your vault, if you're thinking, "How does this going to work?" No, no, that's exactly problem. So the sports psychologist will work on your your pregame plan, kind of what you're saying to yourself and your routines, those kind of things, to take the anxiety out of the picture. Yeah. And I just want to say that, you know, all this reaction to her, I mean, there have been a lot of professional athletes who have struggled with this, yeah. have walked away from their sport because they suddenly couldn't throw the ball um, or, you know, basketball, baseball, whatever. There's Hayden Hurst, a guy, you know who he is? He's no. A, he's a tight end for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Yeah, Turns out he was a draft pick for baseball for the, I think, Pittsburgh Pirates. Got the yips, quote unquote. Walked away from baseball. Yeah. Could not continue. He was a first-round draft pick, and he just couldn't find the plate anymore. These things happen to the best of us. Actually, that's 
it's the athlete who has done it over and over and over again that is most likely susceptible. susceptible. And I can tell you, as someone who struggled with it, it is not a thing that you can just be like, hey, just get over it and go out there and perform. Yeah. I promise you. That makes it you, worse, I think. It, you, it makes I would it assume. Worse. Well, I would and, assume. And yeah. so she did, honestly, just to kind of wrap this up, I think she did the most selfless thing, which yeah. is recognize because they can only take so many scores, right? Right. She recognized, I am going to score poorly. going to be a hindrance. And hinder the team. Yeah. So she, in the national spotlight, said, I'm going to hurt the team. Someone else needs to step up. And then what a beautiful story yeah. about the person that, you know, the, yeah, the Auburn gymnast. Future Auburn gymnast. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Sunni Lee, yeah. Very, yeah. very mature move on Simone Biles' part to, to say that, hey, I can't do this right now. Yeah, especially how dangerous that would be. Oh, in golf, who cares? You miss in a golf, plate. in baseball, you missed a plate, you missed a glove. You you might kill yourself. You might kill and yourself. Someone Literally. talks about the how scary it was to not know where she was yeah. in the air. Right. Yeah. Her, so exactly, hers may be even more hard to overcome because she, there's so much risk to not getting it right. She can't just say, "Oh well, I'll, okay, so I'll miss a bunch of putts and then I'll figure it out." No, you can't. You can't do that. Stakes so, are higher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, this is the point where I would want to, but I of course will not point out how ridiculous it is for uh, you know non-athletic grown men talking heads to criticize her for this decision. And uh, but it, it really is insane. And and the only reason I think maybe it's a little bit worthy of mentioning is because that's caught on like wildfire and it's kind of become a thing. But but um but. Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping. Well, hopefully, hopefully in the sporting will, world, yeah. other athletes who struggle with it will, will, will come forth because it's, it's, it's notorious. But here's an issue with our society. Yeah. When something is, quote-unquote, and this is a false dichotomy of the brain, you know, psycho- is it psychological or physical? It's like, you know how I think. It's all biological. Why yeah. are we separating? It's all in there together. The, the thinking and the emotions and the physical action – they're all in the same in the same cavity of our skull. And why should we suggest that the psychological things are somehow not real? Exactly. That's the that's the right. whole idea, right? right? No, it's not even real. It's just psychological. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. Yeah, that's a real yeah. thing. They'll rub some dirt on. Turns it. out. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. To listen to Doctor Mark Westfall live, check out O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio, one hundred seven point three FM in Birmingham, ninety seven point five in Tuscaloosa, at bhammountainradio.com or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter at Lockamy Brothers.